0: Hey there, this is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Brandon, and this is Unfinished People. On today's episode, we begin a series called Gospel Conversations. sounds simple, right? Not in the least. We thought we knew what that word, gospel, meant. Nope. Our understanding was so shallow, reductionistic, we'd been swimming in the kiddie pool when we could have been sailing a vast ocean of grace, but that's okay. It's part of being unfinished, even as pastors. It's the truth that Jesus is always working on us. And friends, he's really good at it. We frame today's gospel conversation with the first time the gospel was ever mentioned in the Bible. And surprise, it's not the New Testament. You ready for this? It's in the first few pages of the Bible. A couple of naked humans are cowering behind some fig leaves. They hear the gospel. So. Let's go. Episode number four, Gospel Conversations, right now. All right, so we are starting this new thing, Gospel Conversations, which was going to be gospel talks, but we thought preachers give talks, and we don't want to give a talk. We want to have a conversation. Um, Your idea, what was the thinking behind Gospel Conversations?
1: I think it's 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 just a sweet selfish thing to remember the beginnings the Lord pursuing hmm. and then just going man like this is what he has done all the way through and then like processing and sharing with each other and those who are listening just like things that we have come to understand better over time like in in the beauty and the depths of the gospel and how that affects relationships how it affects our life in its totality, and then like just going like, what are things now that I'm susceptible to walk away from or forget mm. when it comes to the, the gospel? So it's it's not like this. I get it. I get it. Get it. And I'm perfect. It's like now. It's like man, there are things at 42 that I did better when I was 25 in my relationship with the Lord. Now at 42, it's like I forgot this part of the gospel, <laughs> and I would affect. Yeah. So it's like we love just that you know be like hey. This is our journey.
0: Yeah, and we have we mentioned last episode, too, and friendship with the Lord is about staying current in our conversations about these things, and I know—and also, Unfinished People, it's baked into our <laughs> very title that we're in process, and so I think you and I have had some really indirect conversations. I don't know if we would say well, that was a gospel conversation, but— we've had things over the past year where we would say oh that has is hitting me in such a beautiful way and i'm yeah i'm fired up about my relationship today anyway with jesus um but yeah. it is good to reflect and to think back and what is the the beginning the genesis of of who we are uh, i've often thought about the funny fact that i am from Knoxville Tennessee and you don't say Knoxville if you're from Knoxville Knoxville. you just Knoxville it just kind (laughs) of rolls and the last part just dissipates into the mountains
1: (laughs) Knoxville Tennessee I was gonna say your accent has gotten so much better
0: and you I know I have lost my accent but I can turn it on whenever I want to y'all
1: um yeah don't do that don't do it why not there's a sweetness to it man I've been listening to Beth
0: Moore's Beth Moore's book uh my knotted up life her biography and autobiography and she actually says, I'm going to give you my Arkansas accent when I'm a little girl, when I'm reading this part, until I get mm. to my Texas accent. And it's mm. interesting, because she changes, but there's also, there's a little sweet tea sweetness to it that I love listening to. No worry, I won't do this whole time. But there's something about it. When I go home, <laughs> Yeah, and, or when I talk to my mom and dad, there's something so familiar about it. But I'm from the South, Knoxville, Tennessee, and I have ended up... It's Midwest, but I still call it the frozen north. Uh, Minnesota, And whenever you told anybody about Minnesota, they're like, what? You're in Minnesota? And you are from where? Wisconsin, Minnesota. The name of the town, please. No. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. Beaver Dam. Beaver Dam, Wisconsin. That's how we would say it down the home
1: south. Home but... of the golden beavers, baby. Okay, okay. And so...
0: I'm from the South. I ended up in the Midwest slash frozen North. You are from the Midwest, frozen North, and now you are in the South, Austin, Texas. Um, And I think it's more than just a location change. I have noticed some Southern things showing up in you uh, just from living Mm -hmm. there for a while and different things that I won't mention, but just, okay, (laughs) you have been living in the South for a while. I can see it. And probably people would say that about me as far as living in Minnesota, but what was it like growing up in, in Beaver Dam, Wisconsin, as it related to what you thought about God, Jesus, the
1: gospel? Was the gospel even a word that you thought no, about? No, it, it wasn't. Um, it was, you were either Lutheran or Catholic. like Okay. Regardless, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of like like you know today they categorize the nuns you know mm-hmm. where they're not like affiliated with anything like it didn't seem like that it just seemed like everybody had a cultural religious bent it was either Catholic Lutheran for the majority they were always outliers some Methodists etc And which one were you primarily that's what it was I was Lutheran Okay. Wells Lutheran um, it's it, like I won't go down that that. Rabbit trail too much, but the Wells is the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod.
0: Yep. And for Um, people in the South, they're like, "What is that? And what does it matter?" But for people up here, I've learned it's like, "Hey,
1: (laughs) this is serious. It's a big deal." Missouri Synod, the ELCA, and and like, I'm I'm like I'm like hesitating because I'm trying to be wise over what I share because some of it was just like personal family stuff that we experienced through the wells and some of it was said to me from the wells and or any anyway, but it was like it, it wasn't that it was they can't you go I don't to think church and get you <laughs> well I yeah. <laughs> they're
0: coming after you. Brandon they're gonna be knocking yeah. on your door in Austin, Texas. It's we are oh, from man. with a wells
1: Lutheran. We're here to have a conversation. You'd be surprised. <laughs> you would be surprised. So like it, it was a big deal. Like I remember growing up like church felt as a means of forcing you into a moral, conformed figure. Okay. <laughs> like, that's what it was. What we heard more was Martin Luther, not Jesus. Hmm. Like, it was a big deal. Luther, Lutheran, it was a big deal. You okay. know. So, like, I, I can tell you that much. I remember going through the Catechism and Martin Luther, I don't remember hearing a whole lot about Jesus. So it was a lot of moral conformity. Okay. To the degree that if I were to hang out with a Catholic friend true story, you would get detention or in trouble with the Lutheran school.
0: Really? Did that happen?
1: Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it was the same thing on both sides. The Catholics, like, a lot of that. So there was just a lot of... It was not good news. It was moral oh. conformity. Okay.
0: So I'm... Probably Southern Baptist was my first uh, recollection of church. A little bit of Bible church stuff that my mom had gone to, but... The reason I like the Bible church, we would go there on Sunday nights with my mom and grandmother, and for communion, they had real crackers, like oh Oh, snack time, baby. It was. I was like, they ha- and they have communion every week, and I was like, I want to go to that church because they have
1: real crackers. <laughs>
0: And not the wafer things Dude. that so, but Southern Baptists, I
1: remember. Did they actually like? Did you go up and did they like put it in your mouth?
0: No, no, they passed. That's oh. that's very. Is that Lutheran too? Oh yeah. Like I know it's Catholic thing to the host. It was, to, I, was,
1: I was really gaggy. Hmm. I would like notice the person to my right. I'm like, I don't want to drink the cup they just drank. And the oh, so that, that the were they doing the, the turn the oh, yeah. cup? Turn the cup, wipe, turn the cup, wipe. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so not the... Sorry uh, Sorry to distract. Oh, man,
0: and so in a COVID age, like, think about that. I wonder what they... Do they still do that? I don't know. Uh, There has to be something. Maybe they spray each time. (laughs) But anyway, so Southern Baptist, and I remember this guest speaker came and, I don't know, eight, nine years old. I think it was even like a... Yeah, it was a Sunday morning, and he just had a really fiery hell sermon. And I Mm. was terrified, terrified because, you know, church was about getting through it and to see if I could uh, convince my mom to let me go over to Jason Skate's house afterwards. (laughs) can I go hang out with my friend? And she's like, no, we, you were, you did not behave in church. I was like, what? You know,
1: (laughs) but he,
0: this guy got my attention. And I remember I went forward and then the regular pastor, Reverend Buell was his name and he's a huge guy. Um, And I just remember like, he like almost like swallowing me up in his big old suit coat and he put his hand on it. Cause you know, it's not a Baptist church unless you have an altar call. At the end. Uh And if if you don't get enough people, let's just keep the music going just as I am with that one plea. Um, And so I was there and I remember he leaned in and he's like, yeah, what do you, almost, what do you want? And Mm -hmm. I just remember saying like, I don't want to (laughs) go wherever that guy was talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then, so I had to, I remember getting baptized. I was terrified of the baptism. It was baptismal. The thing I remember is Reverend Buell had his big old white, Thing and he he came down the other the one side of the baptismal and here I am on the other side and I've got the big white thing on and he's coming down he's got these big old like waiters under the white robe like <laughs> black <laughs> rubber waiters and he's walking in and I'm like this little guy on the other side and I, I remember like there were things that I prayed about as a little kid can you just get me through this Lord. And I was terrified mm-hmm. to be pushed underwater. And I was like, if I can Dude. just get through this and learn to drive and one day, like whatever this whole thing is with marriage and you know, whatever you have to do on the first night of marriage, like if I those are my three big
1: <laughs> things Friends, that i was afraid of. This explains of. so much about I how don't, no, I'm just kidding. That I
0: was afraid <laughs> of those three things. Like and the reason I didn't want to le- learn to, couldn't learn to drive is because I only knew how to get to Jason Skate's house. Like, I, I can't go anywhere else. I can't drive. So those are the three. So I made it through baptism. And then same kind of thing, even though it was in the South, a little bit of behave. Behave as a Christian, as somebody that is, you know, if you, you have accepted the gospel, which means now you have to be good. And you have to mm. have to be good. Um, So then uh, what would you say was the first glimmer of life where you started to say, this is a little different, or this is a voice of, this seems to be the spirit of God calling me and not a
1: moral rule. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so, I mean, man, as you were like just talking, I was like, that was so not anywhere near our experience. Cause it was like, nobody talked about hell. Like it, it was like hell was if you weren't Wells Lutheran or baptized as a baby in a Lutheran church. I mean, like literally like we were told, I remember being told this, if you're not Wells, you may probably be going to hell. So which, that was the
0: only context of hell was being a part of Wells Lutheran or not.
1: Kinda, right? Like, even though you knew, but it was like, for sure, looking back now, understanding greater theology, like, oh, the Wells must be the chosen people of God. But it's, it's ridiculous. Wisconsin. Only mm-hmm. Wisconsin. It's whatever. But like, it was, you have to be baptized, and then you have to go through the catechism class, then you have to go through confirmation, and then communion. And then you're good. Then what do like you th- do after was, that, though? Doesn't matter. You give oh, to the church, matter. maybe. Okay. Not really. No, like you participate in communion. Every as, long as you now get and then. through
0: those things, right. you're In yeah,
1: okay. I don't remember hearing anything about like placing your faith in Jesus, grace. None of none of that. It was you got to be baptized. You got through confirmation. And then you get to have communion, you're good. Mm. That was that. So with all of that to be said, like I, I was a very sorry, troubled kid in 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 my I remember like I got like soft expelled from public school in second grade. Soft and expelled?
0: So, what does that yeah, mean? Yeah,
1: kind of like, hey, the 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 better decision would be to have your son no longer part of our school. <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> soft so, expelled. Yeah. So second grade. So my parents thought, "Hey, let's put them him into a Lutheran school." So there, it's like from third grade on to eighth grade. Like I got to be part of studying the Bible. My goodness, I got to stop hitting the mic. Studying the Bible, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I started to learn a little bit, like the promises of joy and the promises of life. Mm-hmm. I used to just simply believe like God is just dangling a carrot to get us to act a certain way, but there's no joy, there's, yeah. there's, this, is, this is all crap. And it was all about, you just do your thing, you show up, clock in, all that kind of stuff. The, the first glimmer that started to move me forward to Jesus was I met someone who I would actually say was the first real father of Jesus I've ever met. Hmm. And they exuded a joy that I didn't know was possible. And know, it wasn't like based upon this or that or look or a you know, a party or none of that. It was just just authentic. Yeah. Really enjoyed being with Jesus. And every like something inside of me went, That's what I've been wanting. How old? And I was like Were you? Uh junior in high school, maybe. Okay. Okay. Somewhere in that ballpark. Um did so, it cause like, you to just... do
0: anything different? No. You just noticed Well, it it.
1: caused me to act like I was there. Oh, yeah, no. I just noticed it. And it was just kind of like the sense of like, okay, so maybe there is something to it. Yeah. You know, like, during that time, like, when I tasted that, it's like, I would go out drinking and partying with my buddies, and I would actually try to evangelize (laughs) under the influence and convince them that God exists and that Jesus is probably the right one, but I didn't really... (laughs) it's ridiculous. And then I would drive under the influence. So it's like, yeah, there you go, buddy. Um, but yeah, it was that, it was like joy maybe is real. How do I get that? Yeah. So we use the word
0: gospel. And so we're kind of, as we work through this little podcast series, we're going to share some of our early stuff, like what we're doing now. and, And, but also even, I would say as a pastor, and somebody who's been following Jesus for a while, um, the definition and understanding of the word gospel has expanded. Um, oh, yeah. And has, has become almost even more beautiful, not changed, just not so narrow, uh, not so reduced down. But let's, because let's, you go, like we're talking our stories. And so let's go to the, just kind of back and forth a little bit on the first story in the Bible yeah. of why the gospel in the first place. And I, I didn't know this till a few years ago that, you know, to make the connection with what God says to Adam and Eve after everything's hit the fan, that the promise of the gospel is, is right there. It's right there in the Bible. Mm, but I, mm-hmm. and you know me, like we, we, I like picturing stuff. I like thinking about what did it look like? What did the garden look like? Um, what was, you know, did the enemy, you know, how did he present himself as a snake? Right. Is this, the, what's happening there in a literature fashion in Genesis, um, all that kind of stuff. And so I, I have this image of just after they've been kicked out of the garden. Mm. And I have Adam and Eve sitting against a tree, backs to each other, but close, crying. And mad, mm. spitting mad at each other, um, and
1: Southern just phrase,
0: yeah, spitting mad and hot, <laughs> like hot tears running down their face, and then just mm. this, like the, the the effects of the fall are just like gripping their souls, and then in like the reflection of Adam's eye, this flashing sword, just back and forth, back and forth, and it's mm. the angel guarding. The way back in. So if I'm... I don't know anything. Let's just say that. Hypothetical. And I am asking, all right, Brandon, I don't even know what you mean when you say gospel, but why do I even need it? With that story framed, what happened? Like, what would you say to somebody? Because I know you do have these conversations. What is mm-hmm. the need? And even connecting it back to some of the things that you were starting to feel but what what happened what was lost and how can that help us understand what the gospel really is
1: yeah i'd be like there's part of me that just goes like okay here's if, if i were to tell you up to faith in jesus i saw that story infinitely different coming to faith in jesus i see it radically different than then. So before now oh, hang on, clarify. I just want yeah. to make sure I
0: hear you. Before you came to faith in Christ, you saw that story in one way.
1: What yep. what way? In that way it was I resonated with I did something wrong. I'm gonna hide. Right? Okay. So yeah. because of fear and all that kind of stuff i always saw or at least the way i was taught and what, what i experienced in christianity at that point was god when he said where are you it was like kind of like <laughs> i remember like sometimes i would get in trouble at home and then i knew i was going to get a spanking and mm-hmm. i would go hide run underneath the bed and i could hear my dad being like where are you right so it was <laughs> yeah. that posture that's what like god i'm gonna get whooped like, yeah. yeah right and so it's like no i'm gonna stay hiding You know, and so I always thought like Adam and Eve would come out like cowarding out. And so it felt Mm. more punishment. And I never understood that God seeking us like that was actually grace. Okay, I thought it was punishment, right? So post, I see it now as like the gentleness and the beauty because it's like we've made a terrible mess without even... Mm. Like realizing it, and we instinctively hide, and we instinctively cover ourselves in fig leaves to put up a front, to hide the vulnerabilities, to hide insecurities, and God knows that, and God loves us so much, and wants us so badly to be like experienced life with Him, yeah. That He comes, and He yeah. asks a question that He already knows the answer to, hmm. and to come us out, and then for Him, like this question. Was the question that has forever changed me? Was who told you that you were naked?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like who who told you that was wrong? Yeah, like in in that concept, it was just like this beautiful, like following Jesus. Now that's a healing question, right? Whereas before it felt a very shaming question. So that was a huge. Go ahead.
0: That, no, I'm just, I'm reflecting as well because the, that story has taken on so much meaning for me in the last few years. Um, and it part of it is just because I had to dig down and study a lot of it for um, classes I was taking and some things like that. But just the whole idea of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because mm. it just, it seemed like a bit of a like, this is like a trick. Yeah. This is it? This, right. <laughs> this is right. set up. Like, why don't you just say, yeah. eat everything? it's cool. Like, I love you. We're in relationship. Um, you know, you have that idea like just before that, you know, the Lord is walking in the cool of the day. And so there's, they can see him, they can interact with him. They've, the question, where are you, you know, assumes that they are probably weren't in a place of hiding before. And, and so, but mm-hmm. just that whole idea of here's free will, given to you and we don't want to be robots in relationship with him, but where it came to a super fine point in my heart was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Ultimately taking from that was to say, you know what? We want to decide what is good and evil,
1: not you. And
0: now seeing that every choice Everything that's happening in our world, it all stems back to, we are the masters of our own lives. And I will decide, I don't want you to, yeah, I don't want you to decide. Um, But something before that happened, though, this relationship that they were experiencing, this connection was severed, lost, broken. And so I hear, where are you? As, hey, we okay? Okay. Almost like you have that in, you know, there's something wrong in a conversation with somebody and you can tell there's like, oh, whether it's with, you know, in your marriage or your wife or something like that. And it's like, are are we good? (laughs) Yeah. And I think God knows the answer already. You know, we, we both, you and I have preached on that passage before. He's not asking for physical location. He knows exactly where you are. He's asking for reflection and to examine your heart, um, to see what is lost. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah. It's quite a big change from, I just need, because it's not even just access back to the garden. Um, it's, it's, we've talked about access our last podcast, but what then is the gospel, um, which is right there in Genesis? Um, you know, the serpent will strike your heel, but you will, the seed of the woman will crush the enemy. Um what's it addressing? Like, what do you, what do you think? And is there, when was that personal connection for you? When did that start to happen?
1: Yeah. I, I remember it's, 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 it's fascinating, right? Like when we look at that story, like, cause there's, it's like a diamond because mm-hmm. there's like so many facets of that story that is radiant and and there's a part of that story that hit, it like really hits me, in the sense of like the shame, and in the yeah, not I'm not even gonna say the guilt, but just the shame hmm. part that's there. So like, it's still, still to this day, at 42 and a half years old, I'm so much younger than you. It's great. You are, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, it's not too often I get to say that anymore. Hmm. Um, but it's like still to this day, I'm afraid to come out of hiding because. I'm going to find myself like lacking in worth yeah. or in value, and something's going to be called out. And because that's how it was growing up. Any time like, "Hey, did you do this?" or "Hey, where are you? What are you doing?" It was always this sense of like not a restoration of relationship. It was always in the, "Why did you do that? Why yeah. you could be so much better? I wish you were more like this." And da da da. It was just like this overwhelming sense of, "Of course, that's how I thought God was." And so when I was coming to him, like when he was pursuing me, it was just this constant barrage of love. Hmm. And it took me forever to actually believe that was possible. Like, like I just still, like, I, I don't trust that, that love. Yeah. It's like, there's part of me, I'm like, eh, that's why I, like, first episode, the work of God is to believe, like, that is a serious work for me. You know, like, yes, God loves me just for me. He enjoys me just as I am, not for who I could be or what should be or whatever. But and so like when God started to p- pursue me, man, my, my past was just like drugs, drinking, relationships, stealing, crime, like so much. I did not believe that God could forgive me hmm. or at least parts of me. So, like that's so when you'd say, like the gospel, or at least when did that start to make sense? It was just like him knowing where I'm hiding and him knowing what I did and him knowing that's that and him like doing all that he can to restore and to reconcile that, you know, and that was the most liberating Hmm. and difficult decision to believe. He did everything. He died, right, crushing the serpent's head so that he could pursue me so that I may or may not choose him, yeah. So that I could be in joy and have peace. And you know, I'm like, man. Hmm. Why I love do I the
0: for- the question you were saying, like just framing it with I'm in trouble and God's question to me is, where are you so I can punish you? Um and it's quite a leap to, to move from this But what's interesting is that's all I remember from church growing up was Mm. you're a sinner. You're in trouble. You need the blood of Jesus. Wash you clean. Otherwise, he cannot have you in his presence and he'll banish you forever. Not he loves you so much. There's grace even in the moment of like transgression and that you've done something. I I think I, I heard this from a pastor friend years ago. He was in an ordination thing where they're asking him, grilling him questions and stuff. And so I've never forgotten this because of this question that they stumped him on. And it was who killed the first animal in the Bible. Mm. And so he's like, what, <laughs> why is this important? And why yeah. does this matter? And it was, you know, and those things are set up a lot of times just to get you anyway. But when he told me the answer, I haven't forgotten it. And it's God, God mm-hmm. killed the first animal and put those skins on Adam and Eve. And this idea of sacrifice, something that life has been transgressed here. And the only thing that can cover it is something innocent has to die, which that still doesn't make sense in our minds. But uh, Ken Geyer is one of my favorite authors, and he's got a devotional series called Moments with the Savior. He frames this story, Adam and Eve, uh, same thing. They're being clothed by God. God's putting these things and he kind of just says this sewn into the lining of the clothes is a name, Emmanuel. Mm -hmm. It's a promise. um, But that this, this already is foreshadowing the gospel. um, But it's, it is hard to not pick up the, I need to do something part of it. Um, You, you mentioned in our discussions before we started today about Jeremiah. Um, mm. And talk about that verse for a minute, uh, broken cisterns and how that's our, that's our tendency.
1: Where is it? Jeremiah two something, something.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> something or something. All I remember uh, is the
0: beginning is God says, yeah. I have this against you.
1: Yeah. It's like you, you, my people have committed to two wrongs. One, they built their own cisterns, broken cisterns that can't hold water, and the other one is like, and they've forgotten me. The fountain of living waters. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, that is, to me, I go, okay, so you got that story, but I'm like, you see that in John 4, legitimately with, like, the woman at the well. Mm -hmm. It's, like, kind of like she's building her own cistern in a real literal sense. She's at the well, but it's just like the cistern is broken relationship she's looking for that and you know it's just like we constantly are trying to fix that deep down broken longing by what we mm-hmm. think will do it but it's just like the cisterns are broken yeah they're always gonna leak they're they're never gonna hold what could hold but like gosh man the second was like that you've forgotten me
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that goes again it's like well who who is god is god good is he the punishing, like, no, I'm going to tell you everything you did wrong. Or is God like, I'm for you. Like, yes, there's justice and yes, there's wrath and yes, there's all these things. But man, look at it. My my son became sin who knew no sin. So that, right. It's like, like, who is he? Like, have we forgotten Mm -hmm. him? Like, that was actually one of the questions I was going to ask you. It's just like knowing your journey. Because you're so much older and you've been walking with the Lord for so much longer. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, what parts of the gospel have you, like, lost sight of over your your journey that you have to kind of, like, go back to? You know, like, where you're tempted to go, you know what? Actually, I'm going to build this cistern here and take all of this, but not like you just revert back to that.
0: Yeah, it's, I think the reducing, we learned that term from Alan Hirsch of reductionism is kind of the the easy go-to where you, you just boil it down, like to, I'm a sinner, I'm separated from God, I need the cross, I've accepted that, therefore I'm good, life is just going to be hard and, eh, you know, mm. um, and so we, I I, that's probably the bigger place of, not even knowing how to talk about it and how it should affect my everyday interactions with people and how I love Lisa and the kids, um, how I get low and humble myself, like it's it becomes just this golden ticket. Like we talked about that the mm-hmm. last episode, it it stays in this the gospel, and you know, and you have camps. We're talking about Wells Lutheran. You know, if you get into more this is like a huge topic. And, and I think as we keep having the gospel conversations, we'll get more into this, but of people disagreeing on even what it means, that it's only about atonement, um, and that it really doesn't bleed into other things. And a lot of times it comes semantics to me, like everybody kind of agrees we need something done with our hearts and our souls, but how that plays out in the world and what we do about it. Um, but I, I would say probably the tendency to um, drift away from intimacy and rely Mm. on the fact that it's settled. Um, I was just listening to John Mark Comer, one of his, um, talks and, and he had, he actually had a mentor, um, quote this to him and just basically said that intimacy with God only resides in the safety of commitment. You can have autonomy or you can have intimacy, but you can't Mm. have both pick. And I was like, mm. that is true. When I say I want to decide and I want to keep the order in my life and I want to, you know, this self, my own rights and my own desires or intimacy with Jesus. And I probably would not have connected the word intimacy to the gospel mm. except in the last few years. It just yeah, wasn't something. I, I mean, I knew, yeah. I knew the slogans like we want to not be religious, but relationship, you know beyond religion into relationship with Jesus, but actually experiencing that and seeing his pursuit of me and, you know, finding that he's not looking for me to do or to, to have something where I kind of keep going. But that, that would be my, my short answer anyway on tendency to slip. How about you? Grace? Yeah. Like a temptation to get rid of it or to, to not think it's there anymore.
1: Yeah, or it's no—it's lo- not applicable to me. Hmm. You you know, it's like I am so easy and quick to forgive and to extend grace and to proclaim God's grace for others, but there's that twisted part of me that still really struggles—that believe that God's grace is for me. Yeah, you know, like and, and so it's like I go back into then like okay if I get this okay, if I settle this or if I achieve this, then our relationship will be better, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's it's, it's not like I'm not in a relationship, I just think it could be better once I'm better instead of like understanding what that relationship is truly. And part of it is just because that was how all my relationships were growing up until actually I got married. And for a long Mm -hmm. time, like I projected that on my wife too, like thinking that she would only love me more if I was this or that more. Yeah. And so it's like, there's just that old habit to slip back into it, where Romans 8.1 is not true for me. There's mm-hmm. no longer no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, except Brandon.
0: Yeah. Well, even as a <laughs> kid, like, I, I, I accepted Jesus into my heart, goodness, more times than I can count, because I kept thinking, <laughs> I kept thinking I could lose him. Or, you know, I would sin, or I felt like I wasn't doing what you're talking about. I wasn't measuring up. I wasn't worthy. I wasn't keeping up the right religious appearances. And so, I, I mean, as a as a little kid, and this kind of burden on people is horrible. I remember, I mean, actually getting on my knees and in a place of just shame and sin, just saying, Lord, can you just come into my heart again? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like you left. I feel like you left, and so believing that he actually is there to stay and that wants to see his life formed in you is is a is a difficult thing to accept and even now, as you know fifty one year old it's still yeah. hard it's still hard yeah. to to believe it's true that grace is real,
1: yep yeah. oh totally it, it it was like actually it was last night we had a prayer and worship night here at the church. And, and as I was like getting ready to share a little blurb and as you know, I shared this with you, like this week it's just been a real tough week for me yeah. spiritually. Like I just been in this, I'm going to throw myself a little pity party, blah, da 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 dah. And, and there was something as I, I knew we were going to talk about this. I was reminded, I believe the Holy spirit just put it in my mind to go look at the story in Luke of the ten lepers that Jesus healed. And and he tells them, like, right, go show yourself to the priest. And only one came back and the other nine didn't. And like Jesus' like response was like, Where are the other nine? It, you know, it's almost like he was like, What what's that? And and you find mm-hmm. out that the only one that returned was the Samaritan and, and not that. But it what hit me was like part of my struggle right now is that I'm I'm wanting God to just be a vending machine. Yeah. Right. Like, because it feels safer. Like, I feel like I could control because I'm like, I don't really believe that he's gracious, but I want the gifts that he can give. So, like, instead of coming back, like, I, I'm realizing I'm not bringing him a sacrifice of praise or like giving him the glory. I'm like, I just want what you can give. I want the good news without having to like do anything. Yeah. And now that you asked me to do things. Again, like I'm like, what the heck? Because I remember when, I, like, when I was a first, like, a follower of Jesus, it was just like everybody's got to know. I want to tell everybody. I can't, I can't stop wanting to praise him. I can't stop wanting to read the Bible. Now it's like, please do this for me. I'll come back when I have another problem. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, man, that, yeah, and, and the fact that Jesus would even like take that risk, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's like. I love that. It's like, he loves us so much that he's willing to take that risk that we will take the gift and not come back.
0: Yeah. Mm. I, I think, um, the, I mean, I just keep seeing that image, um, of God, you know, you, the question you've presented there and, and we'll, we'll finish today because obviously we're going to do this over some time of gospel conversations, but I, of him asking, where are you? And then finding them and then, Making clothes for them, which meant that an animal had to die. Um, I love Ken Geyer's thing, Emmanuel sewn into the lining. But I kind of, I have this picture, and I think it's a good picture up for us to close on, of him saying, how does that, how does that fit? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to Adam. Like, just, just like a dad who's like, a, um, and you and I have done this with our kids. Mine are big now, but like you have this thing when they're little and you're like, hey, put this on. Like, let me, you know, get your arm through there and let's get you all buttoned up. And how's that? How's that? Y'all, y'all set? Mm-hmm. Um, just real loving, real gentle, real kind of God mm-hmm. saying, I'm here and I, I'm, I'm going to make this okay. I'm yeah. going to make this okay. And I, I've got you and I've got a promise already. You really, you know, blew it. Yes but I have mm-hmm. this and I saw it coming and uh, this plan has actually been in place before the garden was here before I gave you my spirit and breath and so it's it's a good spot just to leave it unfinished and yeah. uh, and we are going to be good at this at leaving things Ooh, I unfinished I see what you did there um, I see yeah, what you did I know there. but we'll we'll hit it again next week um and I'm not even going to ask you if you want to say something else because we'll talk too much. We talked too much last time, so I had to do too much editing. So we're not going to we're not going <laughs> to get a chance. Um, but oh, um, it's we like just, personal therapy. I know it's good. It's good. We we want to we process this together. And this is one of my favorite times is to do this uh, when we record because we talk, and that's what we're doing. Is we're we're live processing the gospel together and how the Lord is, is impacting us. Um, so everybody, thank you for joining us. This has been episode four. Uh, we started this new thing called gospel conversations. Um, if that's interesting to you or helpful, join us again the next time, um, subscribe to Jesus.